The reading is taken from Luke chapter 7, verses 11 to 17. Jesus raises a widow's son. Soon afterwards, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bier they were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, Get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening again, everyone. Uh, let's pray as we come to God's word. Father God, uh, some of us have known you a long time, some just a short while, and uh, others of us Perhaps we don't know you yet. Uh, we pray now, would you come and speak to us? And uh, would you show us uh, from this story from Jesus' life uh, of your love afresh tonight? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, during my training uh, to uh, ordain ministry um, at the Vicar Factory over at Ridley Hall in Cambridge, um, I spent a week on placement uh, with a funeral directors. Um, so these are people who care for the dead, uh, basically. And uh, these are the ones who you know, they come and they'll collect their bodies and they prepare them for their funeral. They plan a funeral with the family, and then most visibly, they are the ones who kind of transport uh, the dead to their funeral. And um, it was a, a really eye-opening and jarring and encouraging week that I spent there. Um, it was life-changing, actually. Uh, and I got involved with just about everything, you know, from um, helping carrying the coffins into funerals to, um, to helping collect the dead from their home or washing the hearses. There's lots of that because um, the cars have got to be spick and span every time, um, you know, to dressing people for their funeral. Um, there's a lot that goes on and, and most of it is something that we never see, do we? Um, and that's because our culture tends to avoid thinking about death. We don't really like thinking about it. We don't like talking about it. We don't like um, contemplating our own death or the death of others, do we? It's sometimes said that uh, for the Victorians, they were obsessed with death and sex was taboo. And for us, 
the late moderns were obsessed with sex and death is taboo. Um, one theologian put it this way. I wonder if you resonate with this. We no longer think about the dead. We think about dying. The dead are removed from us surreptitiously, supervised by a team of professional caretakers. I don't know about you, but that, I feel that speaks to, and I can certainly resonate with that myself and the way that I, um, as someone who's part of this culture uh, in the West, in the UK in the 21st century, kind of naturally relates to these things. So tonight we're going to be thinking about death and life and resurrection. You know, this account from the life of Jesus takes place during a funeral, and it's in the midst of tragedy and grieving, but then Jesus steps in, doesn't he? And actually, this is a passage that I found myself thinking about and reflecting on a number of times during that week with the funeral directors, actually. Um, just the, the, the drama, the dramatic nature of what happened there. You know, someone resurrected at their own funeral. Now, for some of you, I imagine death might be something that you don't have much experience of, you maybe haven't thought about it um, very much. For others, I totally appreciate this is going to be an area that's really raw uh, and painful. And if that's you, then where we're going is Jesus conquers death. Uh, for the Christian, there is hope. And the Bible talks about death being connected with sin. Sin is like death. It's, it's like a separation from the God who is the source of life. You know, if you disconnect from that, kind of like we disconnect our, you know, our, our smartphone from the mains, it's going to run down and die eventually unless it's connected back up to the source of power. And the sense even in the... Uh, in the Garden of Eden, the very start of the Bible story, where the fall happens and sin enters in, kind of you know, humans are sort of turned from God, and in doing so, then they begin to age and die. Here's some words from um, elsewhere in the New Testament. Uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Because of his great love for us, God, who's rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. This is what Jesus is about. This is what he's come to do back then and right now today as well for each one of us. Um, and as always in the gospel accounts in the Bible, it's all about Jesus, isn't it? So um, I want to invite us to see Jesus in uh, this account. Three things um, that we see in him. First, uh, see Jesus' heart. See how Jesus reacts See his compassion. Just pick up uh, the start of our uh, passage in verse 12. It says, as Jesus approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. The only son of his mother, and she was a widow, 
and a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry. Uh, the, the funeral is underway. Uh, the, the woman here is in a desperate situation. So she's a widow, and this is her only son, perhaps her only child, but certainly her only son has died. Um, later, we see that he's a young man, probably in his early 20s. Um, so he's died young. Uh, and also, in the, the first century, the ancient world, uh, this was a very dangerous, um, precarious situation for a woman to be in without a, a male relative uh, to protect and to provide uh, for her. It, it, um, it may have meant a future of poverty and danger. Uh, it probably meant the loss of her home, and her future was completely uncertain. And we see that you know, this large crowd has gathered, often um, in tragic circumstances, and particularly when when, um, when the young die, often funerals are packed, aren't they? And I think that's a testament to the tragedy that's happened here. The whole town is out supporting this family. And Luke tells us that Jesus' heart went out to her. Uh, in the Greek, uh, the word is splagnitsomai. Shall we say that all together? Splagnitsomai. Splagnitsomai. Very good. Uh, and even the word itself, just, it, it literally means to be deeply moved kind of, it, by your internal organs. Probably the, the most literal translation might be to be gutted, you know, that kind of, um, Jesus is gutted. He, he feels this intense compassion. His heart goes out to this woman, to her family. Um, you know, and we all know that kind of visceral feeling of shock and loss. And Jesus felt that too. You know, Jesus was fully human as well as being fully God. He felt this just as deeply as anyone else. God is not aloof or distant from us in our suffering, in our loss, in our grieving. God grieves with the bereaved. You know, there's this sense that Often when we look out at the world and, and suffering or perhaps in our own lives or our own families and we just have this sense of this isn't how it should be. This is wrong. This isn't right. And God in Jesus affirms that. His heart went out. No, this isn't right. This isn't how things were supposed to be, meant to be. And God grieves over the, the kind of spiritual death which can that so often characterize our lives and our culture, you know, this sense of living apart from God and, and the battery running down. So first we see Jesus' compassion, and that, that compassion is for each one of us. Maybe if you're feeling in a place of loss and tragedy, Jesus, his guts move for you to see Jesus' heart. Second, see Jesus' hands. See what Jesus does. See how he rushes to take action. When Jesus says, don't cry, they're not empty words. You know, he immediately backs it up uh, with raising this, this man to new life. So pick up our passage again in verse 14. Uh, Jesus went up 
and touched the bear they were carrying him on. And the bearer stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. Uh, the dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. And for much of history, funerals and burials happen very quickly. Um, you know, usually on the same, per same day that the person died. And in particular, if you're in the Middle Eastern climate where it's hot, you know, things start to uh, decay quickly. So often the, this, this man probably died earlier that day and they're taking him outside of the town um, and burying him. Um, uh, and that's why traditionally, actually, Jewish and Islamic and, and Hindu funerals happen within 24 hours. Uh, it stems from uh, this practice in the Middle East. But see Jesus' hands. He, see how he reaches in and raises up. Jesus' hands, they reach in and they touch the beer. This is a, a kind of a plank um, that the body was laid on. It, the body would be laid on this plank and kind of shrouded uh, with a cloth on top. Um, and in doing this, Jesus forces the funeral to stop. And actually, in doing it, he should have made himself ritually unclean because if you touch anything to do with a dead body, you become uh, kind of unclean and you wouldn't be able to go and worship for the next seven days. So Jesus comes in and, and um, it's like he causes a scene. He often causes a scene, Jesus. Um, makes you think, um, think of uh, uh, at the Queen's funeral, um, Holly and I went down to London and we watched the funeral on the big screen uh, in Hyde Park. And just as the Queen's beer, which is being pulled by those soldiers, um, arrived at Westminster Abbey, the big screen flickered and turned off. And like there was this collective sort of <gasps> of, I don't know how many thousand people who were watching, just like, oh. I get the sense that sort of thing happened. Everyone goes, whoa, what's going to happen next? You know, this isn't how things normally go. But Jesus reaches in and he pauses that funeral. And then his hands raise up and give this man back to his mother. And he says to the body, young man, I say to you, arise, get up. Um, and he does. And then I imagine Jesus helping him off the plank with his hands and giving him back to his mother alive and well. You know, Jesus, wherever he goes, he brings healing and he brings new life and he brings community. And this account shows it perhaps at its clearest, I don't know, one of its most clear in the Bible, Jesus doing that. And of course, the community of the church, that's what we're about. We're Jesus' hands and feet today. Uh, reaching in and raising up and speaking life. So see Jesus' heart, see his hands. And third, see Jesus' hurt. See what Jesus will do. See what this account points ahead to. See what it's echoing ahead in Jesus' life. Let's pick up the end of our passage. Verse 16 it says, They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. The news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. 
that kind of shock and outrage of the crowd turns instantly into this stunned joy. God has come to help his people. And as is so often the case in the Gospels, you know, those words meant were so much more true than the people realized as they were saying it. God has come to help his people. There's so many parallels that we see here between this account and then Jesus' own death and resurrection, his death on the cross, um, which we've just uh, been looking at and reflecting on and celebrating at Easter, haven't we? This man died in tragic circumstances, and Jesus died tragically on the cross. This man was his mother's only son, literally only begotten. Jesus is the only begotten son of God the Father. This man was, his body was being processed to his grave, and Jesus' body was taken down from the cross and carried to the tomb. And this man is raised back to life, and so is Jesus. Raises, rises again uh, three days later. This man is reunited with his mother, and Jesus is reunited with his family, including his mother, but uh, the family of the church, his spiritual family, his followers. Jesus restored hope to that one family, and he cares for every family, but it goes further than that, because Jesus died on the cross to conquer death once and for all, to reconnect us, as it were, to the source of life, to reconnect this relationship with the God who made us, who loves us, who wants the best for us. Let me read those words from Ephesians again. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. This miracle at Nain is just a wonderful foretaste for what Jesus is going to do and is going to win for us on the cross in the empty tomb. All of us uh, find ourselves at different times dead in transgression or saying no to God. That's why we, when we come to worship together, we make time to say sorry, just make things right with the Lord because we wander off so often. And yet, God in Christ has conquered death and has made that way for us to be back in relationship with him. So, Jesus conquers death. See his heart. See his hands. See his hurt. And in a culture that fears death, that ignores it, that perhaps dreams of never having to die, I read uh, this week a news article about scientists think they might have figured out how to stop hair turning gray. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, but, you know, in this culture, it, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, speaks this word of hope and comfort and confidence uh, to us. You know, Jesus doesn't call us to be 
indifferent about death or emotionless about it, detached. You know, his guts churned within him. It's not right. You know, he, and he, in that, in that instance, um, acted to bring new life. But Jesus does call us to trust him because he has conquered death. And um, though the early Christians began to talk about death as sleep, you'll often see in, in Paul's letters he talks about people who have fallen asleep uh, because death is not, doesn't have the final say for the Christian. For those who trust in Jesus, uh, we will be raised up uh, with him. And that's why at many funerals, uh, Christian funerals, we, we say those words, rest in peace and rise in glory. And, you know, I, I think there's something further as well uh, for us who are following Jesus in the church today. And I call for us to become those who, like Jesus, call out life from others, those who speak life and who share what Jesus has done for us so that others might believe and others uh, might know that resurrection life as well. So, I don't know, how, how might you speak, in, speak life into your context, into your family, into your workplace or context community? Uh, so, we're going to pray in just a moment, um, just, yeah, just a minute, but I just want to encourage you perhaps to, to take away and pray through and think through, reflect on perhaps one of those three things. Jesus' heart, his compassion for us. Jesus' hands, that he doesn't, he doesn't stand idly by, but he comes into our situations to bring life. Uh, or Jesus' hurt, that he suffered on the cross for you and for me. Let's have a time uh, just to pray now. Uh, can I invite you to stand? If you're able, we're going to uh, sing in just a moment. But let's take a, just a quick moment now to, to pray and to offer ourselves, offer our hearts uh, to the Lord. So I pray, uh, Father, would you send your Holy Spirit amongst us now? Lord, we thank you uh, for the offer of life that you extend to everyone, everywhere. Lord, thank you that you're a God of compassion. Thank you you didn't just wind the universe up and then let it go, but that you stepped in supremely in your Son, Jesus. Thank you for your hands that you're not afraid to, to get your hands dirty in caring for us. Thank you, Lord, that you went to the cross for me, for each one of us, to offer us eternal life, life with God, life with the source. Lord, would you come and just speak to us, highlight to us what you are seeking to do in our hearts.
and what you have perhaps for, for that to overflow into the lives of others. Thank you, Lord. And may we be characterized as those who speak life, who speak and draw out the resurrection life uh, amidst all that is dead and dying around us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.